The background sounds, fidgeting, pops, clicks, mouth noise, and general audio sins in this episode were not brought to you by Isotope, who were kind enough to supply us with a copy of their RX8 audio cleanup software. Uh, we've been using their audio hoovering tools for over a year before this, uh, and I can confirm they're absolutely fabulous at making a whoopsie recording sound good. Uh, so yes, this is me with my lovely sin filters, by the way. Hello. And this is me without. <laughs> So yeah, cheers Isotope, uh, you're absolute gems. Now, on with the show! Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Escape Room, the puzzling podcast where a group of geographically diverse chums meet up, have a drink, and work together to solve a homemade escape room of the ears. I'm Mike, I'm drinking a Brewdog's Elvis juice with lemonade, so it's kind of a Quite a strong shandy, uh, which is very grapefruity and very, very tasty. And joining me this evening, we have... I'm Jamie, and I'm drinking a glass of red wine. It's 19 Crimes, which is Ooh. delicious. That's the one with, the, uh, with, with the, like, the, the old-fashioned pictures, like wanted pictures on, isn't it? Yeah, the, uh, the secret ingredient is crime, and it's so <laughs> nice. <laughs> what does crime taste like? Um, it's it's full-bodied, kind of, kind of fruity, and makes me want to do crime. I'm visualising a full-bodied and fruity crime now. <laughs> Just you wait. Definitely not sweet, because that's revenge. <laughs> oh. But yeah, the, the weird thing is, the, on the side of the cork, it has a random crime like printed on it. One of the 19, I guess, but I'm not quite sure if it's like a Christmas cracker fact or if it's like a fortune teller prophecy. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I'll finish the glass and then I'll let you know. <laughs> Fabulous. And I'm Ben Levy Griffiths, and this week I am drinking a gin and tonic. What kind of gin? Oh, what was it? Uh, Bombay Sapphire. Oh, nice. Ooh. Just a just a London dry with uh, with some cheapy um, tonic water, but it's it's quite nice and refreshing. And we're joined this evening by extra special guest from the states. It's Tommy Honton. Thank you, extra special. My mom always called me that. Uh, my name is Tommy. <laughs> I uh, own an escape room called Stash House in Los Angeles, and I design immersive interactive experiences. I am drinking a, a bit of a Larceny uh, bourbon, which is very lovely. Mm. Ooh, sounds nice. What's cool is I was gifted it by a, uh, another escape room owner, uh, a couple, uh, Madison and Luke Rhodes, who own Crossroads Escape Games. Um, and uh, Larceny, if you look at the bottle, has keys and a keyhole on it, so it feels very appropriate for the, uh, for the evening. Cool. Oh, that's really sweet. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, so your um, escape room owner, designer, your room is actually like award-winning as well, isn't it? Uh, it's very humbling to say that. Yes, it's it's strange that there are even awards for escape rooms, but yes, it's it's very humbling. It's something that was started out as a very strange uh, project with my uh, business and writing partner uh, Don, as sort of a hey, can we make something that people like that also sort of uh, adheres to the weird standards that I we've set? So I designed it all. We built it. Uh, calling in favors and uh, yeah it, the fact that people like it is very humbling and something that I'm very grateful for. May, may I ask uh, what the award was? Um, we've gotten a bunch of random blockers and people who have given us locks and keys and, and other things um, you know I think the one that comes to mind is the Room Escape Artists Golden Lock and Award which is humbling because uh -huh. David and Lisa are lovely people but mm -hmm. um, I don't mean to I, I cannot remember all the ones we've won um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's fair to say that it's not just award winning but it's multi award winning I guess you could say that we also on the uh, top escape room project people have ranked us very highly which I am very grateful for oh, being on that cool. list with such I mean, it, it, talk about it. I've, I have imposter syndrome that runs deep inside of me, and it's very bizarre to be on a list of, you know, games that um, 
Well, this is actually funny. So the first year, the Top Escape Room Project came out, which is basically some really lovely people in the community who got annoyed that USA Today, the um, you know, uh, it's not trashy. It's not like a tabloid, but it definitely is considered the lowest tier of journalism. Uh, they do a, 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 a poorly um, sourced uh, vote to uh, promote themselves on like the best, you know, bed and breakfast in the country, the best escape rooms. And they was were uh, user uh, voted. So essentially it was a popularity contest. And just from people testing it out, it was very easy to rig the votes. So it, th- these things didn't actually reflect the top games in the country. They were usually franchises or places that Russian bots could hack. <laughs> and so, in response, uh, they created a thing where actual fans and people who enjoyed games ranked everything. So it was very mathematically interesting. Like the stats were visible. So the process is interesting. And so we go, we we're on the list, which is insane to me that we were ranked like at one point, um, like you know, in the top twenty in the world, which was humbling as hell. And I was like, "There's no way." And so we get an email from the creator, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm so sorry. Made a big mistake. And I'm like, yep, this is it. He's going to say we're not on the list. (laughs) And he goes, I messed up some math. You're actually two points higher than I expected. So it was (laughs) even weirder. Uh, So, no, I I am deeply humbled. I'm grateful people like it. And, I, yeah, I mean, I feel lucky. We have some amazing games in the U.S. and around the world. And being part of that community is very humble. And you're based out of L.A. as well, which is almost like capital of escape rooms globally i mean it, we have i think what helps is that there are a lot of really talented creative people who um are able to utilize different skill sets you have you know film and tv obviously but you also have like theme themed entertainment is also kind of headquartered here uh disney imagineering um a lot of firms that do um you know uh, any theme park design across the world is typically headquartered in la uh, and you also have the film and tv world there's a lot of tech out here uh so there's a lot of just cool industries that overlap here that give a sense and exposure to people with high standards, really cool uh, access to supplies and technology, and you know, uh, just sort of a collective brain trust of you know what kind of skill you need. It's not a, it's not very far away. You can make a couple phone calls and find someone that, hey, can you program a robot to do this? And you make a phone call <laughs> and you get someone that can do it. <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna be incredible. I mean, it's expensive as hell, uh, but, you know, and, and in, with the current pandemic, you know, a lot of great companies have unfortunately had to shutter their doors. So I'm hopeful, you know, it's going to survive, but um, I'm hopeful that the the same ingenuity and talent can keep, you know, stay strong. Yeah. So, so now that we're obviously in um, pandemic times, uh, newsflash to anybody, by the way, who's who's missed it. Um, we're in the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic right now. Um, so people, yeah, so people haven't quite been going out as much as uh, they previously had been. Uh, what are you working on? So yeah, a lot of my projects kind of got pushed or canceled, you know, which I'm grateful that I still have stuff to do. Uh, in May and June, I worked on an ARG called Arcana, um, which was an Instagram-focused game uh, with a team of people I made a horror experience with last year. So it was sort of a horror experience that ran for a couple of weeks. And we are currently shopping the podcast uh, around to uh, buyers to basically make a new version of it with um, a new season, new story, but an ARG puzzle experience with a narrative podcast. So that was really mm. exciting. So working on that now. And then um, a lot of my work is under NDA, unfortunately. So most people don't know what I do. Uh, and I can't talk about it because it's usually working with giant IP uh, with big clients like Disney um, or video game companies, uh, what have you. So it's really cool. Unfortunately, I can never talk about much of it. But uh, I, I was looking at your website. And I was like, oh, my God, there's some big names. Drop me some secrets. What's Walt <laughs> Disney actually like? 
Uh, his head is uh, frozen, so he doesn't talk much. He mainly uh, chatters. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting when you work at a company. I work for a company because I worked at Disney prior to doing this now. Um, just sort of seeing the mythology behind a figure and sort of the whitewashing of some of the hiring practices. Um, mm. <laughs> So it's interesting. It definitely, you, I mean, in entertainment in general, you have to reconcile a lot of belief systems and sort of what your standards are. I definitely have drawn a line where I would never do work for something I disagree with on like a political nature. Um, so I would never work for the NRA, for example. But, you know, there's a point where I did some work for the UAE and had to really debate about, okay, you know, the UAE has had some issues in the past and still does with human rights. I did turn down work with Saudi Arabia. Just because, you know, it was after the headlines of, you know, the dismemberment of the journalist uh, mm. and oh, um, yeah. he did not want to do something. Human rights are really important to me. And, you know, sacrificing my standards to work on something just to me is like there's no amount of money in the world, I suppose, uh, that could help me like sacrifice and sleep at night. So, yeah, uh, yeah I definitely have to consider who I work with. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird space. Is it primarily these kind of immersive experiences that you're putting together as opposed to maybe sort of straight escape rooms? Yeah, I mean, I, escape rooms are just a part of it. I've done, I've designed about a dozen escape rooms or so. Um, usually it's for clients or customers, uh, customers, clients are like my customers are, are owners, people that I ghost design for. So my name never appears on it, which is, you know, is, is obviously a lot of people take pride in their designs and don't want people to know they didn't design everything or they need help. <laughs> uh, so I respect that. At other times I don't really want my name associated with some of the stuff I've done. Um, <laughs> you no know, good reason. Um, because I, I, my name I typically like to associate with hopefully good quality things or at least experimental interesting stuff that I can say that I had control of it and it's you know mm. the final product I can speak to. So you're saying that if you design a turkey, it gets signed off as like Homie Tonton or something. Exactly, <laughs> like... exactly. That, that, that you, you found my secret name. Um, <laughs> it's the same avatar with a moustache and glasses. Exactly. It's just, yeah, I got the Gracho Marx glasses and mustache. Um, yeah, so it's, it's usually more immersive interactive experiences where escape rooms are one flavor of it, but it's usually really narrative driven. And I like the stuff I design. You know, I do straight puzzles, but I prefer doing things that are ingrained in a narrative where, you know, people participating have some say of what happens in the story and have, you know, a chance to impact it in a meaningful way. And game design theory and puzzle design absolutely plays a part in it. But it's a lot more layered than just giving someone a Sudoku and saying, okay, you solve it, you get ending A, you don't, you get ending B. Uh, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Hmm. And, and to me, the biggest thing is on the bigger stuff I work on is accessibility. Most people in the world you know, get stuck on pretty simple things. And you don't want people to walk away feeling stupid. You know, The goal is, for most things, for people to feel empowered or surprised or connected to something. And if you put this giant wall that they don't want to scale, it, it makes it really easy to walk away from it. Um, mm. So making something that is collaborative or has different layers. So the most default layer is one that revolves around very light solving, very easy things. But then as you dig into the story, you can uncover deeper things, harder puzzles, more interesting you know, uh, connections. Uh, mm. But the idea of creating these multi-narrative pathways that reinforce the main theme like it's really fun to be able to dig into those complex worlds and i think experiences are going to get more and more like that especially with the advent of tech that can help keep track of stories and content but again it's just it's playing with different colors on a palette you know technology and video games and then physical location stuff it's all these different colors that you can cross promote and collaborate with and it's interesting to play with those 
I think it's been a really interesting thing to observe just with escape room development over the last five years has been how it's changed from, um, particularly in the UK, from uh, somebody just hollowing out a retail space and filling it full of padlocks yeah. um, to primarily stro- uh, story-driven experiences, like story and character-driven experiences, and how it's become so much, you know, it's no longer just going in and solving a load of puzzles, you're part of something. Uh, it's, it's an exciting experience as opposed to uh, just a workout for the noodle. Yeah, it really is an interesting um, thing to play with because I think people do like feeling smart and connected and i don't know empowered to be part of a story and being able to create a space or a thing that empowers people you know i I know the work i'm doing is not changing the world and not like saving lives but i do want people to walk away feeling something hopefully positive or you know even if it's just that you know oh wow i guess i can connect with human beings on some level you know um Mm. especially now that we're separated so much especially in the states you know, physically, the chance to still be around people in some form. And it's not just about staring at each other, but there's there's a principle in like <laughs> evolutionary psychology that human beings, you know, lived in these nomadic tribes and they would bond and have these celebratory moments after achieving a complex task, building a shelter, felling a mammoth and having dinner. These things were about survival. And there's something about a success, a community success that you can celebrate in a really meaningful way. And we don't really have those anymore. You know, what What do you have is the closest example is a project at work. And even then, it's not the same kind of success or, you know, joy that comes about from, you know, a, a thing that actually depends on, you know, accomplishing for your survival. And so escape rooms, you know, and, and immersive experiences simulate that, I think, better than anything right now. Because yes, they are adventurous. They are you know, larger than life, they're fake, they're simulated, but it doesn't matter because there is something in our bodies, you know, kids, when they get tucked into bed at night and get told once upon a time, they go on those journeys. They don't need a giant set. They can just be told a story. Humans are the same way. So you give them a chance to accomplish something as a group of people and they walk away feeling connected and exhilarated. And that's something I think that's still powerful. Okay. So I've just got one more question before we, uh, we kick off the episode proper. I'm conscious you probably get like boring questions and be like, what's your favorite puzzle? What's the worst, the single worst escape room <laughs> sin you've ever seen committed? Oh, God. Um, and this, this is, I, I don't like publicly shaming people um, unless they are doing something that is deliberately bad, um, like charging sales tax illegally or not paying their employees. So I will talk, you know, happily uh, bad things about those places because they're doing actual bad things. Uh, that being said, I will be very vague to not uh, denigrate people that I think we're trying legitimately. I think two things. Um, one of them is having a hint system that is not very clear. Um, a good example, I was in a room, had a TV on this wall. Uh, the room was probably the worst game I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> it, did, it, it didn't have any puzzles in it besides just finding a key and going to the next room. Um, we were playing the game and we were stuck on something. We didn't know what to do. And on the TV, there was a person typing on just like the screen was mirroring a PC and it just was notepad open. And it's like, look here. And we're like, there's that thing isn't it? It's like, look in the tree. And we're in like a mafia themed room. And the only thing <laughs> in the room is like an old oil drum. And you're like, where there's, there's no tree in here. And then it's like, no, not you. Oh God. <laughs> oh. Like, Wait, what? And we realized that they had mirrored one pc to two rooms and split it so there was another room that had a tree in it and they were telling that room to look in the tree <laughs> oh there is some criminal <laughs> motherfucker who was like this is gonna save me some money so what they had to do was they had to open up two 
notepads and type mob and then zombie. And so we knew that we were the mob notepad. Uh, <laughs> right. So hence is there, but also red herrings. I think the problem is if you know, <laughs> it, it, having an unintentional one is fun. It, it, you should change that if people are unintentionally getting there. Like there's rooms I've been in where people are like, yeah, that thing you had to ask for a hint on, uh, we get tons of people asking us for hints and like, then change it. Mm. You know, um, but the one I hate is that a game's deliberately adding red herrings to, you listen to uh, this, ben. waste your time <laughs> to basically make it uh, where, oh, well, you know, we know people are going to waste their time, but it makes it more exciting when you get out with five minutes left. Right. Huh? People who've been <laughs> red herrings should be shot, shouldn't they, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> disgraceful <laughs> there's also 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 badly trained people um there was a room where we got stuck in the puzzle to get out of the room and it was just immense puzzle ripped out of the book and just left in the room and uh oh. we end up calling for help and the game master comes in with the explanation and shuts the door and ends up getting locked in with us <laughs> and the explanation is not right and so we can't get out and so he has to call his manager to come let us all out the explanation didn't even work <laughs> That is, that's a winner that's a real winner and they also I think get stuck in the room not um not not quite to that level we had uh i did a my very first escape room i did with mike and oh, yeah. um, we had a uh, i think it was a letter combination lock and we were there were two of them uh in, in the room and um we had a code that i think could go into either of them like you know the, the combination maybe it was a number combination actually thinking about it and um we were putting it in to both of them and neither of them worked. And the hint came up, um, uh, try it in the chest of drawers or whatever it was. And, uh, and we were like, we, no, we, we have and, and it's not working. Um, jiggle it about a bit. No, we, we've, we've done that. It's, it's, it's not working. <laughs> and then uh, then they came in and, and they tried it and they're like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it seems that the, uh, the padlock has reset itself. So they just came in with some bolt cutters and, and cut it open for us. <laughs> okay. Folks, oh yeah, I haven't even described what this infinite escape room is yet. Wow! So anybody who's um, who's not listened to the show yet, and let's be fair, one hundred and twenty odd episodes in, you probably have. But just in case, what's the infinite escape room? Well, it's an escape room in it that's stretching across all known themes, retail parks, and dimensions. Every room in the infinite escape room links into the next woo in one big, never-ending escape experience adventure. One of us and uh, well, me. We'll be presenting a part of the infinite escape room, <laughs> while the others—that's these guys—I'm oh, pointing, yeah. but you can't see because of audio while the others try and solve it. And if they don't escape within 35 minutes, then they'll lose and rubbish stuff will happen to them. And if they break anything, they will lose their deposit, which this week is... Tommy, what's the, the most important thing to you in the world? Um, my, uh, my cats. Okay, I'm so sorry. In which case, um, if we break anything, then Tommy loses his cats. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. I suppose we'll have to come over to the States and kidnap them. We'll work something out. Good luck. <laughs> or, or don't break anything. <laughs> Let's go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready, folks? Yes. Let's do it. Then let's return to the Infinite Escape Room. <laughs> Last time, you fell out of Heston Blumenthal's culinary zeppelin, having impaled Jamie Oliver on a fan-assisted oven blade, and were plunging through the sky down towards the M25 and a busload of nuns. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense in context, I swear. I was there. It's beautiful. <laughs> you look desperately around you as you plunge to see a bunch of happy birthday helium balloons floating up towards you. You grab at the strings and they burn through your fingers as they slip through, but you manage to hold fast and your descent slows slightly. At this velocity, you might not die, 
but you might still be privy to the sensation of having your ankle bones fired up through your intestines. <laughs> a busload of nuns are directly in your landing zone. You realise that if you release the balloon strings now, you'll hit the ground harder, but you could miss them. What do you want to do? So That's... if we release it now, we'll hit the nuns? If you release the strings now, you might miss the nuns, but you're going to hit the ground harder. Uh, and if we are, we... are we coming at such a velocity that if we hit the nuns, we would hurt the nuns? I, I Absolutely, definitely. And they're, they're elderly nuns. Oh, no. I suppose, looking at it from a realistic point of view, um, if they don't have long left, and <laughs> these are people of God, then, you know... <laughs> is is Whoopi Goldberg among them? <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear her, um, her scene, but you are conscious that the uh, the ground is approaching quickly. You need to make a decision. So. I can't take the um, risk. I need to do this for Whoopi. Let's let go. Uh, uh, okay, let's do it. Let's let go. As you contemplate letting go of the strings and ending, well, feeling your ankle bones firing up through your bum holes, you get hit out of the blue by a Russian spy plane. <laughs> you hold onto the wingtips for dear life as it swoops over the British countryside, presumably taking photos of high-value motorway service stations. It comes into land in a remote farm and parks itself on the roof of a classic red-painted old-timey barn. Brushing yourselves down, you slip from the wings. The only way off the roof, other than a three-storey jump, and boy, have you had enough of heights for the day, is via a hatch in the barn roof. You pull it open and climb inside. As the last of you climbs through, it bangs shut behind you. Looking around, you can see that you appear to be in a hayloft. Below you, two donkeys go about their donkey business. Strangely. After a moment, you realise something very odd about these donkeys. They're wearing dark cloaks, and they're braying in Russian. They huddle together conspiratorially until the farmer calls them from outside. They hurriedly shock off their coats and clip-clop with their stubby little legs out of the barn doors and into the paddock. The last donkey kicks the door shut with his back hoof, glaring suspiciously around. You hear the farmer shout, You donkey frolicking antics will have to conclude in 35 minutes, at which point you get back to you barn business. <laughs> you have... <laughs> Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Tommy might not know, but that's an authentic English accent for the country. Um, you have 35 minutes until the donkeys return. Your time starts now. You're in the hayloft. The barn proper is below you. What do you want to do? Uh, what's in the hayloft with us? Anything up there? Uh, sure. Uh, looking around the hayloft, you see you've got some big bales of hay. Uh, there's a straw mattress for farmhands to have their wicked way with milkmaids. And there's a ladder down to the barn itself. Anything under the mattress? Take a little look around the mattress so you can see it's a, a time-honoured piece of illicit furniture that looks like it's seen uh, some heavy use. <laughs> the <laughs> rucked sheets and scent of shame speak of a night of misplaced passion after a particularly enticing dosy do at the local barn dance. Uh, looking under the mattress, you find a love letter, perhaps penned by a lovelorn farmhand. Can we, Can we have a read of it? Yes. Sure thing. It reads... Oh, Betty Sue, how mine loyness pineth for you. Wouldst that our lovemaking could have concluded satisfactorily, but I was put off mine stroke by the eyes of the donkeys below. There's something not right with them. They drink neat vodka when they think I cannot see, and once I swear I saw one using some technological doodad he concealed in the manger afore I could ascertain its use. By tapping his hoof thrice upon his dinner, and then the message stops there, except, strangely, for a blood-stained hoof print. <gasps> Good lord. Whew. Um, 
Should we take a, a poke around the hay bales? Yes. Yeah, let's look for any needles if we see any. <laughs> uh, so you take a poke around the hay bales, and these hay bales sure are big. You see something decidedly unhay-like sticking out of the bottom. Can we have a little look? What is it? Investigating the hay further, you see the hay itself is only an inch thick, and is concealing a large pile of metallic objects. You recoil as you realise these aren't nutritious animal fodder, but deadly bombs. An assortment of TNT-based weapons at that, ranging in size of explosive power. What have those donkeys been up to? Uh, they appear to be several of each of the following sizes. Um, and I'll copy and paste this into the chat as well, so you've got it. 12.552 kilojoules, labelled Khrushchev's Poppers. 8.368 kilojoules, Lenin's Bangers. 16.736 megajoules, Stalin's Thumpers. And 200 gigajoules, Gorbachev's Whoopsie. <laughs> Great names. Hmm. Okay. Wonderful. Is there I mean, anything if, else? Anything else? Yeah, I think we should go down the ladder if nothing else is up there. Yep. Okay. You take a, a climby climb down the ladder and you are in the barn proper. Hey, what do we see? Let's look around. Looking around, uh, you see it's a totally standard insides of a donkey barn. There's a manger full of donkey dinner. A curious array of block and tackles is hanging off the back wall. The barn door itself, a path to freedom perhaps. And a great big pile of sawdust where the donkeys have their donkey sleeps. I mean, I think we should go to the manger and look at the food and do some uh, tapping. Sure. Um, yep. The uh, the manger's full of hay. Um, that's where the donkeys have their dinner in like normal donkey times. Um, what would you like to do? Um, where is the dinner in particular? Or do we see where it's placed? Sure. Uh, so their donkey dinner of uh, delicious hay is tucked inside the middle of the uh, the manger, which is in kind of a, a V-shaped inverted basin thing. Can we do three uh, solid wraps on that? Absolutely. Uh, you wrap three times on the hay, and the wooden signs of the manger flip around, showering the floor with straw to reveal a high-tech computer. How exciting. A screen theatrically rises from the centre of this apparatus and blinks on. There's a little post-it note on the side. What does it say? Uh, it reads, at you, colon, C-C-R-C-R-D-N-G, email address. And then P, colon, highly secure assassination plan Twitter cipher. <laughs> Could you mind pasting that in the chat? <laughs> Absolutely. Could you also uh, re-say it with a Russian accent? <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. Ed, you, C-C-R-C-R-D-N-G. Email addressing. P, colon, highly secure assassination plan Twitter cipher. <laughs> Marvelous. Hmm. Um, let's take a look. At anything else in the manger of interest? Uh, no, just the uh, the high tech computational what's it that's come out of it with the uh, what's that? Did I let's see? Uh, yeah, high tech computational what's it with its screen? Could, it is uh, that what's... like American uh, English like keyboard or? Uh, yeah, uh, totally standard QWERTY keyboard. It's okay. probably really hard to buy a Russian keyboard. Not a Dvorak <laughs> that fits donkey or... hooves. Okay. Um, is there anything on the screen? Uh, sure, it shows a pixelated Lenin breakdancing um, <laughs> and has empty input fields for a username and password. Hmm. Should we, we... Do you think... Oh, I was going to say... No, it, looks should we it looks like the, the, uh, 
the note, yeah, the note rec- is basically telling us what the password is and the username. So we should figure out what the what those are. Yeah. Should we take a look at the um, <clears throat> the block and tackle to see if there's any way to decipher? Yes. Mm. Note? Sure thing. Uh, you go over and look. It's a curious array of block and tackles uh, hanging off the back wall. I say curious in that it's really boring. Um, <laughs> it's just basically a very simple two-ended pulley system. A very fancy seesaw, almost. Uh, on one end is a large bale of hay, uh, which is resting on the floor. Uh, the other end is a large wire box suspended on a hook, which is currently off the ground. Uh, directly below uh, the box and hook is a large button, which reads, Bust. Mm-hmm. Is the, the hay bale actually a hay bale? Uh, you go and give it a prod, it definitely appears to be hay. Um, yep, uh, you can see that there's a, a label on it, which reads, Ass fodder. 12.007 kilogram bundle. <laughs> Sorry, what was that turn number? Ass fodder, 12.007 kilogram bundle. Interesting. Mm. I'm guessing we can't then, use our collective strength to push the hay bale off that side. Uh, or move you, it in some way. Well, sure. Uh, so if you tug on the opposite end of the, uh, the pulley, it basically just goes up and down like a set of scales then you can lift the hay bale uh, off the floor. Uh, you depress the switch marked bust with the uh, little uh, wire cage and the hook, and underneath the hay bale, you see a, another button which was previously depressed, which reads, boom. As you release it, the hay bale splats back down onto the mm. button. Okay. Did we notice anything discernible when it hits the boom button? Uh, nothing. Well, they're saying that when the temporary point of uh, absolute balance, uh, you heard a distant chime. Mm. Could we go and have a little look at the sawdust, please? Sure thing. Uh, it's a great big pile of sawdust where donkeys do their donkey snoozes. But as with everything else in this barn, there's something odd about it. Brushing aside the surface level of sawdust, you see what looks like an escape hatch. What? Perhaps mm. to the sewers? It's topped with two lit green lights, one reading eco and the other secure. My mistake, that should read one reading house and the other secure. How do you go from house to eco? (laughs) I changed the puzzle this morning. (laughs) There's a little grill next to these with the word Mick next to it. M-I-K? M-I-C. M-I-C. Mm. And anyway, and so we have the two buttons. House and secure are like have green buttons next to them. Uh, yeah, so they they are topped with uh, two little green lights, which well, two little lights which are currently lit green, I should say. And then Mick is what? How is that related to house and secure? Uh, so Mick is next to a a little grill. So I'm guessing that there's a, a a microphone, yeah. and we maybe say something to Galasavzin. Yeah, some sort of mm. Russian donkey password. <laughs> uh, we say hello, friend. Uh, are you a fan of Shrek? <laughs> <laughs> Just, despite the inviting offer, the um, the pod is totally inert. <laughs> Your comments. <laughs> uh, you have twenty four minutes remaining. Oh, good lord! So, is there anything else discernible on this level at the moment? Um, I believe you've oh the door to nearly everything. Ah, the door. Let's take a look at the door. Uh, you go to look at the door. Um, it's the barn door itself, and could it perhaps be a path to freedom? Hell to the no. Uh, while the door isn't locked, peeping out between the cracks, you can see the donkeys are out there in the paddocky yard, and they are pumping weights, they are playing with flick knives with their hooves. 
uh, you've got the feeling that they will mess you up if they find you've been sleeping <laughs> through their barn. Tucked halfway under the door is a slip of paper. It must have slipped from the donkey's pockets or something as they left the barn. Where um, is the donkey's pocket? I'll read this. Um, <laughs> this anatomy does not stand up closely to scrutiny. Um <laughs> I'm going to describe it and I will also paste it into Zencast, which I'm now realizing probably not going to like a table format. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, I will email it to you all as well. I, th- I, th- I thought you were going to say that you were going to read it out to us and you were going to do it in a donkey accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the table uh, is two columns. The first is grams, TNT, and the second is energy, joules. It goes mm. gram of TNT is equal to 4.184 times 10 to the power of 3 joules, or 4.184 kilojoules. Kilogram of TNT is 4.184 times 10 to the 6 joules, or 4.184 megajoules. And a megagram of TNT is 4.184 times 10 to the power of 9 joules, or 4.184 gigajoules. Okay. <clears throat> so I've, just very quickly, the um, the basket that was on one of the ends of the block and tackle, um, as far as we could see, that was empty, was it? Correct. So, yeah, should we go grab some explosives? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they said conspiratorially. You scamper up the ladder, um, putting yourselves possibly on a watch, uh, watch list, uh, depending on which spy agency is currently listening to Zencaster. What explosives would you like to get? So I'm going to guess that we want... Um, do, do you think um, that we want to get the, the right amount of explosive to get roughly 12 kilograms. I think so. We want 12.007. Yeah. So we're going to want 12 of, like, the middle one, um, I'm, I'm guessing. That's a kg. Um... I don't know anywhere else. My head is just uh, can like, we, shut down to maths. <laughs> I think if we get maybe three of Stalin's thumpers, that might be enough. Um, there or thereabouts. Because I think each of Stalin's thumpers is... 16.736 megajoules. Yeah, so that makes it... Oh, jeez, maths. I know. So that's four kilograms. So if we get three of those, that might be enough. Exactly. because oh, four, four of them. Four of them. Because if we do 16.736 and we divide that by 4.184, um, which is the, 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 the amount of megajoules uh, in, in the middle of the table, mm-hmm. uh, we get the number four. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So, so if we, we get... Have... How, I'm curious how accurate that balance is because he's at 12.007. Ooh. Well, yeah. oh no. So so we and then we want um, presumably so that would be, that seven will be uh, grams. So presumably right. then we want um, uh, some more of the 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 gram ones, which I'm guessing is going to be um, Khrushchev's that, poppers. If right. we get one one popper and two. Bangers. That should give us the seven that we need. Yes, I think so. So two poppers, one banger. <laughs> and it sounds like we're ordering uh, Spoke, <laughs> spoken like a true Brit. Can I have two poppers, one banger, and a fumper? <laughs> <laughs> this is the strangest brothel in the world. But I don't want none of them whoopsies. <laughs> okay, so um, what would you like to grab? Um, so what Jamie just said. Yeah. So one popper, yeah, one popper, two bangers, and three 
thumpers. Okay, uh, you pile all of those up in your arm um, like a little explosive baby that's going to do a little death poo all over you. That's and can we carefully bring them down the ladder? <laughs> I'll just stand at the bottom and you can throw them down. Okay, I throw the, I throw the bombs down to Ben. <clears throat> okay, sure. Uh, you stand at the top of the ladder and throw them down to Ben. Ben does a comical kind of juggling motion. <laughs> As he tosses one to Tommy, who tosses it back and a kind of like a... Oh, 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 um, like the Marx Brothers. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, eventually you get all of them down. Uh, ben is juggling all one, two, three, four... All seven which, explosives which, uh, yeah. successfully. Which is expe- uh, impressive because I can't juggle. So <laughs> <laughs> Ben drops two of them. Fortunately, they're inert. <laughs> so, do you think we have to load these into the um, into the, the cage? wire? Yeah, the yeah. wire mm. cage. Yeah. Can we can we pull the cage down so it's on the floor? Presumably, uh, depressing the bust button, please, and load uh, our our cargo into the into the basket. Absolutely. Uh, you do so. And you lower into the basket, uh, you release the basket, and the block and tackle slash scale slash seesaw mechanism balance out perfectly. Uh, you see that both buttons are now undepressed. You hear a distant chime. That's the boom and bust buttons are undepressed. Can we search for the source of that chime? Uh, sure. Um, you kind of, you know, uh, I guess maybe Jamie kicks one of the buttons or throws another explosive onto it to <laughs> temporarily unbalance it. It's on brand. Again. And you hear that it's coming from the escape pod. Um, the house light on it now is showing as red. Ooh. Hmm. I, I just noticed um, on the, the post-it notes, those, the string of ladders, I don't know if it's related to the, the mic uh, that we've got, but we've got the word recording, but with the vowels taken out. I'm not sure if that's related to... The what hmm. CC, is, that, is, is CC also missing vowels then? Potentially. But and then it's not email address. Um, just very quickly, the in the uh, in in the in the chat window, there's no at symbol. Whereas I'm sure you read an at symbol out. Oh yeah. Um, I think that might have just been a typo, which I then read out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Marvelous. Wow. Um, I am. I am a machine. I'm just an automaton. I'm just a sack of water. So if we go to the computer and try and interact with the keyboard or mouse, um. Do we get anything other than the little dancing, uh, whoever it was? Uh, uh, just, just a screensaver. It's just breakdancing Lenin in the background over the uh, the empty user and password fields. Of course, yes. 15 minutes, 48 seconds remaining. Hmm. We haven't seen an email address or any kind of uh, Twitter cipher pop up yet. No. Um, CC. Was there anything I mean, else on that love letter that stood out oh. that was unusual? That's yes. Well, I'm wondering whether the um, whether the email address that that uh, <laughs> that um, Mike has sent us all. If we if we interrogate back the email, and, address, oh, that's the, I uh, I wrote back <laughs> to everyone and I got and I was like, who is Jack at Donkey KG needs yeah. at RQ? <laughs> and it, it didn't it, it was... turned center, and I should have known that. Okay, so the email address is Jack at Donkey. <laughs> HGB are very meta. I like okay, that. Okay, yeah. you, you type that in, you get a little green tick next to the username. <clears throat> I was highly suspicious of that. Going, who the hell is guesting from Russia? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Editing Mike here. Pulled a bit of a sneaky with this one. I emailed everybody the day before the recording, but in the email, I CC'd in an address that was not recognised. And that's right, it was jack at 
donkeykgb.ru. They never suspected. Oh, also, fun fact, uh, male donkeys are apparently called Jack, and female donkeys are called Jenny. Isn't that cute? Okay, so, uh, <laughs> highly secure assassination plan Twitter cipher. That's... Oh, um, posted something weird on Twitter, Mike. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> We're doing real-world investigation stuff? This is nuts. <laughs> Furiously, Twitters. <gasps> he has! <laughs> you cheeky bastard. So yeah, we've got a picture of Putin, yeah, I see, uh, Putin Poison, uh, Holiday drink. Inn, and tea. <laughs> so Jamie, can you just describe for the listeners what you've uh, what you found? So we've got um, so yeah, it's a, a recent tweet from the Infinite Escape Room Twitter <laughs> profile, and there's a, a picture of of Vladimir Putin. There's a picture of what I can only describe as radioactive piss with a skull and crossbones. So I'm assuming poison. <laughs> I think um, I think that means Mountain Dew, right? <laughs> Mount, Mount, Mountain Dew is God's greatest gift on this earth. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's uh, a logo for the Holiday Inn, um, or a Holiday Inn. Other Holiday Inns that are available, and there's a cup of tea. So put poison. Putin, wait, put poison in tea. Yeah. So Putin poison hotel tea. Well, if it's just in T, put put in oh, in, yeah. in T. Oh, wait, so what if it's uh, the password is put in poison in T? You type that in, you see a little green tick. Ooh. Oh, con- nicely done. Unlocking the PC, you hear a jaunty English version of the state anthem of the Soviet Union. Uh, that is, by the way, the actual name of that song. Uh, Isn't that the Tetris theme as well? I think it's different. Oh, it's, uh, the, that one's like Sayos and the TV, which I, I don't actually know the words. Um, that was scary accurate. Like, is this <laughs> something you're not telling us? The words. <laughs> uh, but it's playing on a loop in the background. There's an open email on the desktop. What does it say? Read it. It reads weirdly in English with a Russian accent. Congratulations, Agents Yak and Yeni, for successfully manipulating entire Western world towards total collapse for the last four years. Of all the sleeper agent farmyard animals personally trained by Vladimir Putin, you are best. Economic bottom system will make house prices unbalanced and unrealistic for decadent millennials. And stockpiled bombs will bring much destruction to motorway service stations. Also, well done on Brexit with follow donkey Boris. <laughs> in event of plan failure or housing market stability and need to extract get to pod and activate with patriotism okay Do we just yell patriotism into the uh mic or maybe we need to like express our love for mother russia uh, i will you, you run uh, over and yell patriotism into the mic uh nothing happens i will i, I hum i hum the tetris theme into the mic no uh, you're, you're all taken back to, to better times of Game Boys and, and long car journeys, but uh, nothing <laughs> happens. We're just uh, just coming up to 11 minutes left. Okay, um, I run up to the mic and shout, Vladimir Putin riding shoulders on bear gets me hot. <laughs> <laughs> so another great quote uh, for some out-of-context stuff, but uh, nothing happens. <laughs> should, we say, should we translate patriotism into Russian and say that? Ooh, yeah, that's good. You mean you you can't just say it with a heavy accent? Let's see. Russian is. I'm going to listen to it. Uh, yeah. uh, 
and nothing happens. I can confirm that Google Translate is not required to, uh, to okay. solve this element of the puzzle. I mean, ironically enough, it just says patriotism with a Z emphasis as opposed to an S. So that seems uh, lazy. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe we need to um, like find some vodka. Last, can you <laughs> can you reread that last segment one more time of the email? Sure thing. Congratulations, Agents Yak and Yeni, for successfully manipulating entire Western world towards total collapse for the last four years. Of all the sleeper agent farmyard animals personally trained by Vladimir Putin, you are best. Economic bottom system will make house prices unbalanced and unrealistic for decadent millennials. And stockpiled bombs will bring much destruction to motorway service stations. Also, well done on Brexit with fellow donkey Boris. In event of failure or housing market stability and needing to extract, get to pod and activate with patriotism. Is it is it us? Is it going to be us like like singing the Russian national anthem into the mic? It could I'm be. wondering? Can can we give that a go, please? Sure thing. Um, do you know the lyrics? <laughs> you know I don't. Uh, <laughs> you can actually still hear it uh, playing out of the PC. Oh. I did mention uh, earlier that you could hear a jaunty English version of it playing. I'll just copy and paste the words for you. Almost like you have this ready. Um, here we go. Is it is it uh, Russia, our sacred state? Russia, our beloved country. A mighty will, great glory. These are yours for all time. That's not the translation I found, but I'm now worried I found the wrong translation. Oh, this is Wikipedia the Soviet Union. Is 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 telling me uh, what this is? But um, <laughs> united forever in friendship <clears throat> and labor. That does not sound Russian enough. Friendship and labor does not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, our mighty republic will endure. Oh, this is the Soviet Union. One. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it goes united forever in friendship and labour. Our mighty <laughs> republics will ever endure. The great Soviet Union will live through the ages. The dream of the people, the fortress secure. <laughs> the Soviet Union. Oh, sure that's how it goes. Written in limerick. <laughs> that was beautiful. I mean, it, they're, they're, they're happy people, so you know. <laughs> and if they're not happy, they get shot. Yeah, Chernobyl as well. Takes <laughs> me back to Saint Petersburg. You can't spell Chernobyl without sharing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a dark one. That's getting cut. Dark. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we don't have any patrons on the tier that will uh, get this unedited. A trap door yeah. opens and we descend straight to hell. Seven minutes, 34 seconds remaining. So, yeah, we, uh, that beautiful rendition of the Soviet anthem was sung into the microphone. Did it do anything? Oh, so that was sung into the microphone, was it? Of course it was. Yes. Oh, sorry, Ben. You just, I, just, I just assumed you'd started to sing for me. <laughs> happens from time to time. Okay, so having, having put your dulcet, uh, patriotic Russian tones into the escape pod, um, you'll see, by the way, that the secure light has also gone red, having broken the security on the high, um, high technological computery device. The pod door pops open. The barn doors start to shake. The donkeys know something's up. Uh-oh. Uh, can, can we can we peer down the hatch that's opened? Sure thing. Uh, you can see it's not actually a tunnel. It appears to be a some sort of pod. Okay, can can we get in? All three of us get in the yeah, pod? But comically. Uh, okay, all three of you comically <laughs> pile into the pod. Uh, at the same time, you'll try and go down, and your legs are all sticking out the top for a minute. More of a kind of like, <laughs> like the Croucho, um, <laughs> Mark's brothers. Um, yeah, and then you all plop down and the lid clangs shut behind you. Just as you climb in to this newly activated pod, the barn door bursts open. Jack <gasps> and Jenny, the Russian sleeper agent donkeys are here. And boy, are they not happy to see you. From under their cute little straw hats, they produce AK-47s and start firing on you. 
You hear the bullets pinging off the side of the pod and hit the large red button marked Purbeg, which is probably escape in Russian according to a Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> You're thrown down onto the floor as the acceleration presses down on you and fire out of the barn roof. From the little porthole on the side, you can see the barnyard shrinking away with a little overlaid red LED message displaying a countdown next to it, reading On the floor next to you is a little handheld trigger, which is also marked Will you press it? Uh, we're going to have to, aren't we? I, I, I'm going to say yes, uh, but let's take a vote. <laughs> <laughs> I, Why not? That's yeah, fine. let's do it. You pull the trigger. It clicks. You've activated the barn self-destruct. Below you, the barn explodes, taking what with all the explosives in it. Um, in fact, come to think of it, there was a there was a megaton explosive in there. <laughs> a couple of, yeah, there was some there was some four kilogram uh, explosives in there, which is equivalent to several megajoules of uh, of explosive power. Goodbye, um, Devon. Well, yeah, quite. <laughs> she takes an appreciable chunk of Bedfordshire with it. <laughs> Even more alarmingly, a pair of floppy ears whistle upwards past, with, past your escape pod. <laughs> it, it may have been evil in trying to compromise democracy in the Western world, but you know what? I love animals, so. <laughs> but they we, fucked we with the housing market. <laughs> we blew them up and they're still listening to us. <laughs> Your escape pod climbs upwards, through the clouds, and out of the stratosphere. This would be lovely, beautiful, and peaceful, if you weren't about to collide with the moon at a billion miles per hour. But you've solved my puzzle, and escaped! Well done, boys! Yay! That was really with, fun. Uh, with about four minutes to spare. Oh, nice. That was cool. Well done. Yeah, I really well done, enjoyed it. Bloody hell, you stormed through that! <laughs> I love the uh, the use of email and Twitter, like changing it. That's really it, cool. It's funny because when I wrote back to confirm that I was going to appear, it bounced back, and I'm like, "Oh, he must have just typed the name of another guest correctly." <laughs> and I actually did look up donkey KGBs and RU thinking actual room, and then it completely bypassed me. Tommy, I would I would shut down your computer now. and get out of there. You don't know who's after you. Just bury all your electronic devices. <laughs> I'm gonna just wipe everything and go. <laughs> I was actually gonna do it at kgb.ru, and I thought that's not worth the risk. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I used to do a, a comical thing when signing waivers uh, for rooms that made you do it online. I would put my email address as president at whitehouse.gov, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I stopped doing it after I got in trouble from one company. I was like, you can't do that; it's legally not appropriate. I'm like. You know, as as a uh, patron, it's one thing, but as an actual owner, you're right. That is probably inappropriate. <laughs> do we get everything as you'd expect, or do we do things a bit weirdly? <laughs> um, you did most things in the order I wrote them. Ooh. Weirdly, <laughs> that's a first. It is a first. Um, of just kind of like right, search everything first, and then go from there because you immediately found the letter. Um, and I was like, there's no way they'll start by looking under the mattress. And you were like, what the fuck is under that mattress? <laughs> I mean, mattresses are made to be looked under and be horrified by what you discover. Do you know, I, I think if the if you said uh, less of a mattress and more of like a bed without the bed, like a mattress with a sheet and a duvet on it, uh, we'd have probably considered looking under the duvet and maybe the sheet, yeah. but not necessarily under the mattress. Oh, no, I would have looked under it. I mean... Uh, <laughs> 
uh, our great hiding spot. And in Stash House, we have something hidden under ours as well. So maybe I'm just primed uh. to uh, <laughs> be sports of, of lurid discovery. And also, what kind of like hayloft shag mattress has a duvet? <laughs> a classy one, Mike. A classy one. <laughs> True. Really sets, but... sets the mood. <laughs> also, uh, for fans of registering domains, donkeykgb.ru is available, apparently. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should have uh, have the uh, that like mirror the Infinite Escaping website, but like get like a uh, automatic Google Translate to translate auto Russian. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> But then they'll know the terrible things we write. And I'll get polonium in my tea. I don't want polonium in my tea. Uh, so before we wrap up, the Tom, uh, Tommy, is there anything you uh, want to plug before we uh, we wrap up? Check out my website for current happenings, uh, TommyHaughton.com. Uh, Stash House at some point will come back when the world is done burning, maybe in 2023. Uh, but yeah, Stash House. And, uh, <laughs> I can give you the links for Stash House on my website. But that's, that's about it. That'd be great. And we'll stick those in the uh, in the show notes. Oh, I know something. Um, I did a uh, room for uh, Escape This Podcast that I recorded recently, and it's uh-huh. going to be airing as the season finale. Uh, so if you want to hear uh, something maddening and crazy that I designed uh, and run for uh, Danny and Bill and a few other folks, uh, check uh, the season finale of Escape This Podcast. Will cool. Do. Fantastic. Do you have a rough idea about when that's coming out? Um, Fall-ish is what I was told. So uh, awesome. I think it's in probably a number of weeks. Nice well, if it in any way coincides with this episode going out, I'll make sure there's a link in the uh, the show notes. And if not, then we'll we'll try to retweet it on Twitter. So, folks, tune in next week to find out how they don't collide with the moon. Thanks very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, www.theinfiniteescaperoom.com. You can also follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter at tier underscore podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, and we really rather hope you did, we'd be obliged if you could please leave us a review on the platform of your choice as a big old help in reaching new audiences. Um, and also, we're a podcast supported by patrons. They are cool, they are sexy, and you could be one of them, and you too could be cool and sexy. Um, why not check it out on patreon.com slash... Oh yes, it's patreon.com forward slash the infinite escape room. Thank you, Ben. And you see there's all sorts of bonuses and tiers, and it's super cool. You find a link in the episode description. We love you lots, and we'll see you next time on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye now. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye. Sphinx of Black Quartz. Judge my family.